0: series which is now finally available to buy in the united states click on the banner on one of us order today and join in the fun now because delicious volume two yum 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 is coming really soon a perfect gift for your child or those of you who are forever young at heart one of us strongly recommends this one
1: Good evening or afternoon or whatever, everybody. My name is Chad. I'm with LeWayne and TC. Say hi, gentlemen. Hey, gentlemen. I I am saying hi. LeWayne, I I keep forgetting I got to stop being so literal with you because every (laughs) time we review together, I'll say hi something and you just repeat what I say because you're so funny. Yeah. You're so
2: smart. See, it's only boring to the people who actually listen to all of these reviews.
3: (laughs) If you're a consistent listener of specific people in one of us, you'll start catching the reoccurring jokes and whatnot. The callbacks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> jokes is a very nice way of well, putting it. Yeah.
3: We got to keep it light when discussing such a horrid, dark, awful film. And I don't mean that in like, I'm not saying that in terms of like my review. I'm saying more in the content.
1: Yeah. So is it Malum? Malum? It's probably Malum. Malum. I think that's
3: what they call we're, it. it was the- we're all Midwesterns here. Yeah. It's mail em. Malum. 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 <laughs> Malum.
1: Basically, we've got a Evil Dead Two situation, which I didn't know until uh, Louane brought it up before we reviewed this. But this is like. A sequel, but not a sequel, kind of like a reboot, kind of like what Raimi did with Evil Dead 1 and 2. So I didn't get a chance to watch the first movie, but the basic premise is there's this rookie cop. Her dad killed a bunch of people and killed himself a year ago. They're about to close down this precinct, and she's taking the last shift there and also wants to Scooby-Doo solve her dad's homicide, suicide. So...
3: yeah, the thing about this assault on this precinct is it has a lot of elements that might seem familiar. Like Halloween. something
1: you would watch on Halloween? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it is very John Carpenter-y. Like, it felt like the whole intro feels like the beginning of Assault Precinct 13, where your main character's like driving up to the precinct and you're kind of setting up this, you know, things are happening outside and... Um, but it, it it basically feels like if John Carpenter and Sam Raimi kind of tag teamed sure. a movie. That's, that's kind of what that's it feels fair. like.
3: And you you gave a brief description here. There's a satanic cult involved here. There's missing women that go missing again. Uh, it's a lot of devil imagery. A lot of creepy ass shit. There's there's a lot going on, and
2: the I won't bring I won't really get into the last shift the one the the earlier version of this a whole lot. But this feels like it's got way more going on even than than the previous version. And I can only assume that part of that is because he has better resources this time around because the effects are drastically different this time. Um and
1: and Lorraine, real quick, can I just ask like is does this movie kind of just retread the first movie but changes a few things? It has a similar
2: setup. What
1: basically is different is sort of the resolution.
3: Malum here focuses solely on this female officer, the daughter of this cop that went crazy and killed a bunch of people a previously. Cop. A hero cop who went crazy. Right. Yeah, she's chosen to be here. It's her first day on the job. It's the last time this building's going to be operational. She's all alone, and she starts being haunted by. Voices and sounds and things she's seen—that are they there? Are they not there? Here's a pig, (laughs) and yeah, (laughs) she. So it's it's a very bottled movie, and that's not to say it's it didn't feel like a COVID film as a lot of the movies we've seen have been recently. It feels deliberate that she's so isolated, and Mm -hmm. then when things and people start showing up, it has a horrific element to it in one way or another. Is last shift that, in a lot of ways? Um, the scale is different. Hmm.
2: And okay. and probably the biggest difference that I can recall is literally the finale. Like, the resolution to her story is, is very different. Not better, worse. It's just a completely different sort of finish. Um, th- the previous version, like this one, had a lot of, well, I was going to say dream logic, but it's actually more like nightmare logic. Like, you, you can piece together how these elements come into it, but they never quite fit in a way that feels like you're watching something that's really quite happening. It, it feels very, um, well, like I said, nightmare logic, right? Like, why is this happening? Why is this thing here? Why is that person there? I mean, when it gets into some of the other things that she sees in the latter part when we get more into the cult itself, but I don't think cause Chad knows this, the, the crazier creature thing, right? Like is, is she just having hallucinations? Is this, you know, a whole lot of things going on? It'll be fairly clear, not real far into this, which way this is going to swing. And that's one of the bigger differences between this and the previous version, which is last shift.
1: It kind of took a, you know, when, when, LeWayne was like, hey, this kind of has like an Evil Dead 2 aura around it, only because it's like a remake of something that's already been done by the same guy. I felt like it took a little bit to get into the real meat and potatoes of the story. I really wasn't that satisfied until maybe midway through the second act to the end of the second act. And not that it was not doing its job. I just I I felt like it wasn't earning its scares enough Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Um, But then there were points where I started like it it earned a few good scares on me that I truly appreciated. So that it was those moments. I'm like, okay, you've got my attention again. Let's keep
3: going. I feel similarly about it. Halfway through this movie, I was checking out. I wasn't investing in this. And it had a lot to do with how much story was being told, how they were choosing to tell it. It's not that the acting was bad or what they were trying to do was bad. It just never hooked me. The jump scares felt cheap and I just wasn't engaging with the film. By the time it gets to past the halfway point as it's moving towards the the latter half of the film, it starts picking up the steam. It starts jumping much more aggressively using that nightmare logic that Blain has referenced. It I don't know if it engaged me per se, but it held my attention and then I was like, "What is going on and why do I feel so uncomfortable about it
2: (laughs) the the thing that that because it like you it was probably about halfway through before I was like okay let's see what we got because the first half of it a lot of the jump scares feel like jump scares like that's what they're there for that's it right like they don't really serve anything other than to startle you and keep you going once you get to sort of like that halfway point where she has several revelations kind of all at once then you're like, oh, so that's why this thing is happening. Um, although there's a thing with like this weird ass homeless dude near the beginning. I'm like, I'm still not really sure what that was other than <laughs> something to gross us out and freak
3: us out. And You could say that a lot about this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are things that feel so, what? Uh, okay. Why? It felt similar to the early Eli Roth stuff. And a lot of the Eli Roth stuff, especially Cabin Fever, Hostel, I don't like those movies because they feel deliberately misleading. I mm-hmm. guess that's the the deliberately forcing jump scares at you. I'm like, ha ha, you're scared. No, I'm startled. A loud sudden noise is startling that doesn't equal fear. But then when you start getting into the culty demonic stuff and the very there's a point with a flashlight in a dark room mm-hmm. being held by someone that is a genuinely frightening scene. And it's it's very well constructed and it's chilling. And it's like, OK, this is earned. This does not yep. feel like that. ha <laughs> gotcha sort of horror that the earlier half of this movie that those Eli Roth movies do to, to pick on him. I particularly Green Inferno is one of those movies that's like this isn't scary you are manipulating me with gross, sudden-cut, jumpy imagery. That's not exactly horror, or at least not the kind of horror I like. Well, yeah, because like the scene
2: you're talking about with the flashlight, that was the first time I was like, oh, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> me too. That, right? like, that's what hooked me in. You You, you
2: make this connection. You realize, oh, wait, that's... And then you're like, okay, so... We've got a half of a really good, scary movie here because some of that 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 front end felt felt a lot like, you know, kind of like padding because we got to
1: get get there. Could you make the argument? Maybe I'm being too nice to the director that I don't know. Like maybe that was deliberate. Could be. Hey, let's let's real people in with something that they've seen before, but then like really fuck with them midway through and. Possibly, I don't know. Like, possibly possibly. Possibly. Yeah, I could it,
3: see that argument. I, I could I could see an argument for that as well. And I do think this guy does know what he's doing. Yeah. There is a clear yeah, yeah. sense of vision in this movie. And it's being executed in a way that makes sense. I can see what this guy's going for through the whole of this. I just don't know if it ever clicked. And when it did click, it was brief. And I don't know if a different edit of this movie would make it a stronger film or if it just wasn't ever going to be any better than it is. I'm really conflicted about this because on one hand, I, I know this is for a certain audience and I think that audience is going to like it. But as far as my sensibilities for horror go, I just needed maybe a little more information or a little more clarity. Not that I need to be handheld, but no, but like the, the backstory was a little fuzzy and, and, and like
1: who was really pulling the strings um, it, it just got really fuzzy and it really wasn't clearly explained. Like you said, TC, you don't need to be handheld, but I don't know. Sometimes
3: you just need a little bit more context. It reminded me of archive 81. I can't remember if I reviewed that or yeah, reviewed one of yeah. you guys archive 81 took its time. This was a series on Netflix. It took its time getting to the point. And once it got to the point, it's like, Oh, okay. I like where this is going. And then it just ends and then they canceled it. So then it's like, well, I have all this information now. And I understand the context of a lot of this. But this is all I get. Ah, that well, is so yeah.
2: ungratifying. And well, and there's a character resolution in this one. I was like, "Well, now what are you gonna do?" Yeah. <laughs> and then they then they get the last scene, and I'm like, "So
1: sequel? What are we doing?" The ending, at least for me, was obvious. What was going to happen? The thing I got most excited for, and we kind of said it at the top, Officer Lauren, her father solved all these crimes and save these girls right and now the cult that was taking those girls earlier are now taking them again all and this is happening a, off
3: screen by the way
1: this yeah yeah you don't see any of you. this but like there's a ticking clock like two minute drill moment right before the end where it's that I like that that whole group of scenes like I thought it was horrible but man that that had me going
3: yeah there's actually some tension there Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you as well, and it's, it's those brief moments of a clear sense of the narrative, a clear sense of the character's motivation, a clear sense of the threat. Those few moments make for really good storytelling. They make for really good horror and thriller stuff, and I just wish there was more of that <laughs> through all of this, comparing it to something like Assault on Precinct 13 or the thing the thing's not fair it's just the the font of the of the company logo looks like john carpenter carpenter movies can be slow but once they get moving they pick up steam and uh, and then this movie drew reference this movie homages a lot of carpenter isms i don't think it ever stuck i don't think it ever truly nailed what john carpenter does so well in his films at least if i was in that person's shoes uh
1: Uh, The director, Anthony de Blasi. Yeah, I would pay homage, but I would never try to, like, dare try to climb that mountain of trying to make uh, a John Carpenter film. And I don't think this director is either. He definitely has like, yeah, there's I mean, we all borrow from the things that we love. Right. But there's a sense of style and uh, personality to this. It's just I think we all agree it's just not consistent.
2: I spent a lot of time after I watched this trying to decide if I liked it or how I was going to rate it. And what I think I've figured out is that I appreciate the work that went into this movie, particularly in the last half when it comes to things like effects and scares and that sort of thing. From a technical standpoint, I think this is a pretty decent movie, and I know some gore guys that are probably going to appreciate this. Um there's one effect with a face that I don't want to get into that was a little absurd but I'll I'll let that go. Um I also kind of got a kind of got a weird kick out of the uh I don't know what you want to call it like the 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 tool shed throne. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, It came out of nowhere. Yeah, I was like, well all right, I guess there's that. Um, what I'd like to see is i would like to see this guy do somebody else's script and see when he just gets to do something that he isn't invested in as his own pure creation to see what happens because i think there's still he knows the material better than we do and i think he knows things that we still don't know and that leaves us kind of wanting a little bit um In the end, this is this is still not bad. It's it's worth checking out, especially if you liked the the earlier version, last shift. So I'm going to give it three point five out of five dead hazmat guys, which will make more sense if you're familiar with the other movie.
3: It is a bit hard for me to rate this. On one hand, it was upsetting and it left me feeling out of sorts. For the day after. I think like LeWayne, I couldn't decide how I felt about this. I just didn't like the experience of watching it or how the story resolved. But on the other hand, doesn't that mean it succeeded in exactly what it set out to do? So I suppose if you like horror movies that might be a touch of the nightmare fuel, this will be a wonderful viewing for you. It's filmed really well. And even the disjointed perspective narrative it's got a good clear story being told despite being all over the place. I do think you can understand the story by its completion, at least the the main narrative of it. The acting from Jessica Sula is very good. She holds this whole movie on her own rather well. And the other characters who come in are, are good as well. So there there is a good movie here. I just don't know if it's for me. So if you like scary gross horror satanic cult films and it all sounds cool then have at it this is probably an eight out of ten bloody pentacles for you for me i i can't give it that high of a rating uh for my personal taste it's more like right down the middle like a five but uh yeah there you go you could just
1: take the second half of this movie and show me that but somehow give me like a a five minute intro to explain what has happened up to this point it'd be a pretty sweet movie To its detriment, it's the first uh, and first half of the second act that just, it it just doesn't do much. And it, it, their scares are unearned. It feels like something I've been dragged through before until you get to a certain point. So I feel I owe it at least above a five only because it it did earn some good scares out of me later on, but it was, if you've seen enough horror movies, you could probably figure out what was going to happen. It's not a straight down the middle, like, eh, whatever. Like it's, good not like it's good it's good it's good it's good so i'll do six and a half out of ten uh exterior shots that had a goodwill store in them there was at least nine of them (laughs) there was maybe like five sets of exterior shots done on drone and with a camera and you could see the goodwill sign, and not that like. And I don't think they like sponsored it or anything, but man, they were in it a lot. Just circumstantial that it was next door to the
3: location.
2: It's that neighborhood, yep. man.
1: I mean, <laughs>
3: yep. Every time she picked up the phone, I just expected to hear, "What's your favorite scary movie?" Yeah. <laughs>